been talking about it for a long time. I've been, I've been threatening to make it on through 29 for a real long time. And, and we did it. Um, you could pray for the Millars. They are flying out, I'm assuming, tomorrow. I don't know if anybody knows for certain. Yeah, so I would assume they're leaving early tomorrow, uh, trying to make it down for Anna's, uh, b- the birth of, of Anna's baby there. Um, so pray for that, and then, oh, take a deep breath. I'm, we're traveling over for a three-day basketball tournament um, Sunday night, and I start to get hives when I think about it, but pray for, pray for safety. Um, probably get to see my dad to pray for them traveling over. Might get to see Corey and Kelly. I'm not sure, but, uh, just, uh, just all that, just, just things. Well, life's busy, isn't it? Yeah. We weren't designed to go this fast. We just weren't. You read about, uh, the millennium there and that set up and, uh, you know, not that there's a lot of details on it, but it's pretty slow pace. Looks like, amen. <laughs> Say good, good. Good, we're going to slow down a little bit. Um, I don't know, you know what I mean? I mean, uh, you read Doc, he was never afraid to surmise and really kind of, I hate to say throw his imagination in there, but he, he would, he would throw his imagination in there, and not that there's anything wrong with that. But it looks to me, it looks like all the technology's gone. It looks like you're back to plowing. Yeah, no, it look, it, and, but not by the sweat of your brow anymore, though. The curse is lifted. You know what I mean? So you're, you're working without the curse. Because that's, that's what makes it so terrible. Adam was stuck in there and the Lord just said, man, just dress this thing and keep it. You know, just make it beautiful. Just enjoy it. And then he wrecked it and he said, well, okay, keep doing what you were doing. And you're going to work by the sweat of your brow. And every time you grab the you know, the weeds in there, there are going to be thorns all inside them, and, you know, and, and the weeds themselves are part of the curse. Blah, blah, blah. Right? So, but it, it just looks like, it looks like it's, a, it's back to the simple life. People talk about the good old days, and uh, there won't be any better days than the, than the days of millennium. There wouldn't be any days on this earth to compare those days to. So it won't be back to the good old days. It will be forward to the greatest days. And then the one, and then wonderful out into eternity. So, anyways, all right. I don't know how we got on that. Sorry. Um, Proverbs chapter thirty, and uh, boy, you get right into some verses here. Like, I mean, it gets thick. We're not going to make it far. Uh, we will. We will not make it past verse four for certain. Uh, if we make it that far, and then verses five and six, when we get there, you end up. No, I'm not going to park for a really long time, but I'm going to spend a little time. Um, I haven't haven't spent a lot of time on the King James Bible in a while. Um, And you might say I've never really spent a lot of time, like really sunk my teeth into it. Uh, And there's there's a few reasons for that. And please don't take that the wrong way. It is not because... You know, I've I've you know faltered or moved or or uh, hold any kind of a different opinion than I've ever held. I believe this book from cover to cover. I believe the King James Bible is the inerrant, preserved Word of God. Um, what started up maybe a little bit of late is is a few 
just a couple men that I know, and you wouldn't know them, so don't don't get thinking, you know, it's anybody. I'm 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 trying to you know stir anything up or anything like that. But um, moving a step over, and then moving another step over, and moving a, a, so far over to where they get aligned with a guy who I'm not. I don't want you even going. On, I'm going to try to give this to you so you can't even go look them up because I don't even want you to get distracted like I got a couple of days ago looking what at, their, at what they're doing. But they are literally, they are literally teaching a whole podcast, a whole big long YouTube channel, a whole focused uh, website, and you can, of course, pay for their training on how to transition a church from the King James Bible to the New Versions. So they'll teach you everything you know about it. It's kind of like Apostasy 101. Right? And then an advanced course in apostasy. Right? And how to subtly not let a church know. And just, he'll just let you know right up front, this take about three or four years. Right? So we're just going to kind of move this in here real subtle-like. Right? Now you want to talk about devilment. Just out and out, flat-footed, full-blown, the work of Satan... Even if you believed that, and even if, even if, even if uh, I'm, I'm just, just, I'm just going to surmise for a second. Let's just say we didn't hold the position we do on the King James Bible. Let's just, let's just pretend for a second we just kind of like thought, well, it's the best we got. Okay? Even if you held that position and you came in and said, this is the subtle, subverting manner in which we're going to go through this process, just that, that alone is devilment. Even if the King James Bible isn't the Word of God. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? That, that's handling the Word of God deceitfully. That's doing the work of the Lord deceitfully. And the Lord says, that guy's cursed. Cursed is he that doeth the work of the Lord deceitfully. And keepeth back his sword from blood. We're not even on five and six here. We're not even on it. I just see it there and I start to get fired up because I'm like, I, I, you know, it, 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 it is a, a fight worth fighting. Now, I'll say this. One of the reasons why I've not made such a heavy emphasis on it is because many of the people coming into our church these days, it's, I, I haven't even had to fight the issue, if I could say it that way led Joseph to Christ. I didn't have a, I, we didn't have a Bible fight with him. He just grabbed the King James Bible and, okay, this is the Word of God. Lena gets saved, you know, and same thing. You know, we just haven't had to deal with a lot of version stuff and really overcoming a lot of that. And so, you know, and I hate to, I hate to sit here and assume like you, you know it all. I know you don't know it all because I don't know it all, okay? And so there's no way for us to ever get a handle on it all together. And I want you to be able to, to defend that book, okay? So we will, we will spend time there. And it's, it's, not, you know, it's not a matter of, you know, well, you know, it doesn't make a big deal out of it anymore. No, it's not that. It's just I don't feel like it's really been the, the time and really like, you know, like we've really been or really weak over here. So... Um, anyways, okay, all right, Proverbs chapter 30, look at verse 1, the words of Agur, or Augur, or Ager, or I don't know how to say his name, all right, uh, the son of Jacob, or Jacka, or Jake, <sighs> even the prophecy, the man spake unto Ithiel, 
I don't even know. I don't even know how to do You know what I mean? Even unto Ithiel and Ucal or Uckle or Ucka. I'm so sorry. So why are you being you know, sarcastic? Because this is one of the verses that when you read all the, 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 the real smart guys, they, they take issue with all these names in here. And they begin, to, they begin to say, well, where was this guy? And this guy doesn't show up in the Bible. And so they begin to undermine the word of God right out the gate just because of a few names that, that are relatively unfamiliar to the scriptures or, or, or unfamiliar to the book of Proverbs, okay? Um, and I'll grant you, these guys aren't around. Like, they're, they're, they weren't in... This, this chapter starts uniquely in the book of Proverbs. There, there's, not another, there's not another chapter really like it other than 31 as well, but it's different names. Now, surely I am more brutish than any man and have not the understanding of a man. I neither learned wisdom, nor have the knowledge of the holy. Who hath ascended up into heaven, or descended? Who hath gathered the wind in his fists? Who hath bound the waters in a garment? Who hath established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? And then, and then this very interesting, very profound question. And what is his son's name, if thou canst tell? Every word of God is pure. He is a shield to them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we can be together. Thank you that we can, uh, you know, be kind of light a little bit and smile. Uh, thank you that we have the truth and we, we, we hold it. And Lord, you have revealed to us. To a large degree, Lord, what you've done with this book and how you've preserved it. And you've built up our faith in it. And we, we trust you. Uh, we believe that this is the final authority in all matters of faith and practice. We take this as your word. And so as your words, we, we, we come to them with fear and trembling. We come to them, uh, Lord, with humility. Uh, Lord, to the best of our ability in, a, in the proper way. And Lord, we acknowledge that we can't understand these things apart from your spirit. And we acknowledge that we need you to teach us and to guide us, Father. So be with us tonight. Pray that you'd fill me with the Holy Spirit of God. Pray that you'd fill those here with the Holy Spirit of God. That, Lord, they would hear uh, those things that would be profitable to them. That you'd build them up in the most holy faith. And we ask it and we pray it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right. Uh, no, I didn't. Surely not. Uno momento. We, we wouldn't make it very far without him. Okay. We're all right. You okay? Yeah. All right, we're good. Sorry, a uh, lot of lot of cross references here, a um, lot of lot of kind of to dive into. But let's just kind of let me meddle for just a second, just a little bit more. Um, I'm not going to go deep into what these guys pick apart about all these names. Um, the 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 critics they just come to the book and they say you know well you you can't find these people and we don't know who they are and there's surmising as to whether or not. Uh, is, 
he is Agur, or Agur, or Ager, or whatever his name is, is that Solomon, right? Because Solomon wrote, wrote, wrote the book of Proverbs, right? He, he wrote all these books, and so, so is that him? Uh, and if it's not him, you know, is this just, this is just his little chapter that he wrote here? Uh, it, writes, it writes very similarly to the rest of the book of Proverbs in a lot of places, although uh, verses 4, 5, and 6 certainly um, stand out. They're unique. They're unique to the book of Proverbs. Uh, you don't get a lot of uh, that anywhere else in the book of Proverbs too much. And so, you know, uh, I guess I just, I guess here's the thing. I just take it at face value. Say, so who is it? It's the words of Agur. Yeah. <laughs> right? So was he Solomon? I don't know. I, I'm not certain. I'm not, I don't know. Here, he says, these are the words of Agur, the son of Jacob. Okay, so I, w- I, would, I would take that to not be Solomon myself, you know. Um, even the prophecy, the man spake unto Ithiel. So that guy was also involved. He was spoken to. And, uh, even unto Ithiel and also you call. That guy was there. <laughs> right, simple. Like, you know, we need to know the details of where these people came from. Look. Half the stuff that these guys dig up is, is inaccurate anyways when, they're, when it's extra biblical. Right. Amen. Where you can go to the Bible and find, and find a, a, a lineage or a genealogy, right? What does the New Testament do with genealogies? It says look out for them. Beware of endless genealogies. You know, they don't profit a whole lot. You're not going to dig into a whole lot and find a whole lot there. And so there's not a great deal of profit in going you know, and finding it all. And look, there are interesting things and, and, and thank God for some of the work that's been done and thank God for some of the very interesting things where, where threads get, you know, pulled through and you go, wow, this lines right up here. Wow, that's amazing. Because God did pay very close attention and does record some remarkable things concerning genealogies. But when you get into the New Testament, the Lord says, eh, just... Just cooling on that stuff. It's not, it's, not as, it's not as big of a deal as it used to be in some of the other things that I was doing back there. Are, you, are we okay with that? All right, so we just take this at face value. It's a Gur. He's the son of Jacob. It's a prophecy to Ethiol and, uh, and you call. Surely, I, I like this, verse, verse 2. Surely I am more brutish than any man and have not the understanding of a man. I neither learned wisdom nor have the knowledge of the holy this is the right attitude when coming to the scriptures. It's certainly, it's, I mean, this man is, is, is writing the prophecy, right? So he's got a special connection to God, and he, even this man's opinion is, I'm more brutish than any man. He's about to write some really important things. He's, he's about to write some things that Paul quotes, we'll, we'll go look at it at some point, tonight or otherwise, uh, in the New Testament, when he gets going through Romans there, Paul, Paul effectively, he uses this, all right? He uses this, this passage, and, and, you, and when we get there, you'll be like, oh, yeah, he did put that in there, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but he says, surely I'm more brutish than any man. What's the point of that? Uh, look, look, you're nobody special because you believe the Word of God the way that you believe it. You, you wouldn't have found that out on your own. 
You wouldn't have found it out on your own. I wouldn't have found it out. That's what he says here. Look what he says. He says, I neither learned wisdom nor have the knowledge of the holy. What does he mean? I, I didn't find any of this out on my own. I didn't. Anything I have, I got from what we're taking to be, to be from the Lord. You understand? Um, Paul says over there at one point, he says something to the effect, and he's just kind of talking general, uh, but we can make it specific to really any good thing you have in your life. He says, what hast thou that thou didst not receive? What do you got that God didn't give you? Right? What hast thou that thou didst not receive? Then why boastest thou as, thou as though thou didst not receive it? That is, why are you acting like you came to this conclusion. You stumbled upon this truth. You got this thing for yourself. This whole attitude, you know, self-made these days. Well, you may be. You may be, or at least think you are. But there's not a man on the face of this planet that's self-made. I don't care who you are. Whether you, whether you acknowledge God, whether you hate, you go through your whole life hating God and pretending like He doesn't exist. <laughs> to that man, what hast thou that thou didst not receive? He'll find out one day that everything he had, every, the way he lived and moved and had his being was bound together by Jesus Christ and held together by him, and his whole entire life was just a merciful unfolding of God not, not, not dropping the hammer on him and giving him space. And if he goes his whole life and never receives Jesus Christ, he got mercy his whole life, whatever those years were, whatever they were. And he was receiving things from God the whole way. Rain from heaven sunshine to make the thing go, right? All the elements that are here that that, that man would take to build his house that, he's, that he lives in and says he's self-made. Where'd you get them trees, guy? Where'd, where did you get all that stuff? Where did all that stuff come from? Right? So I, so I'm not, I don't want to belabor it, but I do kind of want to belabor it or at least point it out in the sense of surely I am more brutish than any man and have not the understanding of a man he has a low estimation of himself. And this isn't a false low estimation of himself. It's a proper one. Anytime you get to get in a high estimation of yourself, you have miscalculated. <laughs> you, you are out, of, you're out of, uh, of alignment with the Lord, and you're out of alignment with the men and the women of the Lord. And the, 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 the men and the women in the Scripture, okay? Surely I am more brutish than any man, and have not the understanding of a man. I neither learn wisdom, nor have the knowledge of the holy. Look at a few of these. Look at Job 42. Now stay with me now. I know. I get it. I know. I know. You say I'm working all day. And it's different for me, because I'm up here talking. I won't fall asleep. <laughs> you know what I mean? I won't fall asleep, I promise you. I just, it won't, it won't happen. But if I was sitting out there, I'd be struggling. I'd be fighting it because you, your, your body starts to, you know, you sit down at the end of the day and it's kind of like, okay, let's get this thing. <laughs> let's get a little bit of dinner going. Let's find that pillow and wrap it up. Um, but let's try to get a thing or two from the Lord before we do that so we can pillow our head and have some sweet thoughts uh, as, we, as we pillow our head. Job chapter 42, look at verse 3. When... Uh, is that going to be right? Is that going to be right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be all right. Yep. Job 42, look at verse 3. Uh, Who is this that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. Right? Now, now, now did Job know anything? 
I speak as a fool. He knew a lot of things. He, he taught in the gate, right? He, he communicated. But then he get now, and we're, we're, you know, I hope you're relatively familiar with Job. He just had quite a little experience with God. God just showed up and began to speak. And when God's done speaking, it's kind of like, I know nothing. I know nothing. And it's further than that. It's, it goes further than that. Things too wonderful me, for me, which I knew not. Verse 4, here I beseech thee, and I will speak. I will demand of thee, declare thou unto me. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Wherefore, I what? Abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. When we, the closer we get to the Lord, the more of a proper view of ourselves that we get. So here's a man who's so close to the Lord that he's getting, he's getting words from God. He's getting a prophecy. He's, he, God's speaking to him. And the things we're about to read are prophetical. First of all, and like I say, we're not going to get too to dive in way deep into verse 4. It's prophecy from the beginning of the book to the end of the book about his son. Then moves right on, and as it would, because you can't disconnect the two, right on to the word of God. Right? I, I mean... Are there any more, two more important things in the Scriptures than Jesus Christ and the Word of God? Th those are the things, are they not? <laughs> I mean, heaven and earth shall pass away, but His Word's not going to pass away. And Jesus Christ, the same, you know, He's, he's forever. Yeah. Okay. Um, Psalm 73. Psalm 73. He says, I neither learned wisdom nor have the knowledge of the holy, isn't it interesting how, how these guys claim the other way around, you know, that they have great wisdom and that they have the knowledge of the holy and to listen to them and, and they're going to boast and talk about all their accolades and how, uh, you know, I mean, look, when, when, I don't care who it is, you read any of the accounts, uh, you know, you read about Muhammad, his account of hearing from God. Uh, they, all, they all want to talk about their knowledge, their intellect, how special they were. Hello? How, that they were chosen. Joseph Smith, you go read about him and all the guys that testified that they saw whatever that they saw. And, and how that they, it, it's, just, it's, just a, um, it's just humans talking about uh, special humans. And there's no humility in it at all. And here, here's this man giving his prophecy and says, Surely I am more brutish than any man. And have not the understanding of a man. Uh, Amos, I think it is, when they, they, get, they get getting on him and he says, look, I was, just a, I was just a farmer. I didn't even ask for this job. I was just trying to do my job out in the field. And then God said, you come over here and I got a new job for you now. I want you to go speak. And so if I could get out of this deal, I would get out of it. I speak as a fool. But that's effectively what he's saying. Right? When you see the man, Paul, right? Paul, who am less than the least of all saints. It's not these guys boasting of themselves and lifting themselves way up and making much of themselves and talking about their education, talking about their degrees. Paul lists all that and he says, all of that, you know what it amounts to? Dung. I just want to win Christ. That doesn't match up with what I see with Christian higher education or any religious higher education. They're always making much of themselves, not little of themselves. It's very profound. It's not a small thing. You know, it's not just, oh yeah, there's that preacher. No, yeah, there's that. And it's extremely important. 
It shows you that you got the right book, and it also helps you to navigate the right spirits in this life. You get somebody making much of themselves, you better be very, very, very careful. Anybody who's getting anything from God ever, <laughs> from time to time or on a regular basis, you get around them, man, just humble attitude, insincerity, not a, not a, not a false get in the pulpit, uh, you know, gonna, gonna kind of, you know, oh, uh, self-degradate and that kind of thing. No, man, sit down at the kitchen table with them and talk to them and just not really all that, not, not gonna, just not all that high of a, an opinion of themselves. And I don't mean that in a mealy mouth way. Great confidence in God, but just clearly you're dealing with somebody who's got some humility. I love it. It's, it's a blessing to me. It's a, really, it's a really profound thing. Psalm 73, is that where we said go? Yeah. Psalm 73, look at verse 22. So, so foolish was I and ignorant. You ever, you ever had to just acknowledge that to God? Just, Lord, these are great prayers. These are great things to pray. Lord, I am foolish and ignorant. I am blind and I cannot see. I am dumb. I cannot speak right. Right? I know I, know I mention him often and I don't really apologize for it. One of the most profound, outstanding things about Peter Ruckman was that he would take his intelligence and check it at the door when he came to this book. That's remarkable. It's profound. It's worth noting. I don't know what his IQ was up, 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 in, the, up in the 160 neighborhood, 150, 160 neighborhood. Blow any of us out of the saddle. Just not going to run with that, with that thoroughbred, okay? But when he'd come to the book, he would, and he'd say, I pray this every single time I open this book. Lord, I am too dumb to get this book, and I'm blind as a bat, and if you don't show me, I can't see it, and if you don't reveal it to me, I will never get it, and if you don't give me the understanding to grasp it, I'll never understand it. The, pe the, the people, the individuals, okay? So I'm, so I'm speaking to you now. That was him, okay? Sm guy smarter than any of us. So if he comes to that book with that kind of an attitude, what kind of an attitude should I come to it with? Well, it ought to be that and then some. <laughs> I'm not half as intelligent as this man, Lord, and he said he couldn't get it, and he said he couldn't see it, and he said he couldn't figure it out, and he couldn't grasp any of it unless you showed it to him. I can't get anything unless you show it to me, Lord. To this man will I look. He who, who has a contrite heart and a humble spirit. That's what the Lord says. Trembles at my word. Comes to it, comes to it fearfully. Not going to correct it. Not smarter than it. You know. So foolish was I and ignorant I was as a beast before thee. Keep going. Stay with me. Look at, uh, yeah, look at Isaiah chapter 6. I'll let up on it in a sec. I, I think you got the point. It's an important point. It's a profound point. Um, Isaiah chapter 6. It's one of the things that I honestly, and I didn't really know it because I didn't, I couldn't put my finger on it for a while. I don't think I was, I was so, I was so ignorant that I couldn't really, you know, articulate, well, what am I, what am I seeing here? But it didn't take too long before I recognized, man, I'm around men who are, who are 
delivering, and I'm hearing from men, I'm hearing them, whether they were tapes back then, CDs, you know, or, or uh, you know, Brother, Brother Naniger, uh, you know, just d- delivering the Word of God. I knew I was hearing the Word of God. But then, but then I'm going, well, yeah, but, you know, in their person and in their life and in their approach and in their communication, the, humi- the humility is evident. It took me a while to put it together. It was like, that, that, is, that, is, that is one of the marks of God's men. It's one of the marks. He recognizes that he's just a conduit. He recognizes that if, if, if <laughs> he's just, he just, he just at some degree of a medium between what God's trying to give out and who's receiving it. And, that's, and so there, and in, in that respect, he's nothing. He's nothing. He's everything. Uh, Isaiah chapter 6, and look at verse 5. Uh, God, he, he gets a real good, good look at the Lord here. Uh, verse 1 there, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. So he, he gets a good look, okay? Um, and the fo- whole earth is full of His glory there in verse 3. And uh, the, the house was filled with, with smoke. And he, 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 gets, he gets quite a glimpse. And in verse 5 he says, Then said I, Woe is me. For I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. This is the prophet. You understand? This is the prophet. Um, I'm just going to go out on a limb. I'm just going to go. I don't, I, I, I don't know Isaiah. <laughs> I'm just going to go out on a limb and guess that he wasn't running around talking as filthy and as dirty as you might hear down on the construction site. I don't think that's what he meant. Maybe. Maybe. You know what I mean? I mean, I could see it a little bit more with Peter. You know, he said the same thing. Soon as he, soon as he kind of saw the Lord kind of work there, it was depart from me, for I am a man of unclean lips. Okay, I, okay. You know, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to put vulgarity inserted in here, but I'm just saying I don't know where Isaiah's background was or where he came from. I know he'd been spending some time with the Lord already, but as soon as he gets this glimpse, he he just says, "My mouth's dirty. I'm unclean." Right. It's not that which goeth into a man that defileth a man. It's that which cometh out of him. And he recognizes it's this thing, that's, it's this mouth that's defiled me. It's this dirty part of me. I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. I already referenced Paul. We don't, we don't, we don't need to go over there and look at him. I can show you several places where this is Paul's attitude concerning himself, concerning his his. Not his office in the sense of he respected the office and, and, and communicated to Timothy, you better respect the office. You better understand, make your calling and election sure and recognize what God's called you to. Hello? But, but in, the sense of, in the sense of putting himself down, uh, he did it often. He did it often. He did it often. And he would prefer others before him often. It's the mark of a man of God. It's the mark of a woman of God. It's a, it's a profound thing. Back to Proverbs chapter 30. Now, we, we hit it hard. We hit it plenty hard enough, okay? You, you got it. But it, it is just not a small thing. It's worth putting a note in your Bible there, and you say, well, this is what I'm looking for when I'm looking to see, it. you know, this is one of the marks. This is one of the marks. One of the marks of a, of a prophet, might we say, uh, one of the marks of a, of a preacher is at least some degree of humility. And when that's absent, when that's not there, 
Uh, boy. Ugh. 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 Where, when, what happens is a man falls into the condemnation of the devil. And I don't, I don't profess to fully understand that altogether, but I understand the simple things about it. He was lifted up in pride. Hello? He was lifted up in pride because of how close he had got to God. Right? So he's, so he's the anointed cherub that covers, and then all of a sudden he says, well, I just probably should just take this joint over. It ought to be me. Matter of fact, it will be me. I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, and, all the, and then just... And when a man gets going down that road, boy, he, he's not long. Uh, pride goes before the fall, and, and, and it's about to unravel on him, and it gets real bad. And so, uh, all right, okay, we got it. Surely I am more brutish than any man and have not the understanding of a man. I neither learn wisdom nor have the knowledge of the holy. Man, I'm nobody special. Uh, God didn't, it, it didn't, he didn't pick me because I was so smart or so anything, so anything. He just acknowledges it. Let's spend just a little bit of time on verse 4, see how far we can get. Who hath ascended up into heaven, or descended? Who hath gathered the wind in his fists? Who hath bound the waters in a garment? Who hath established all the ends of the earth? What is his name, and what is his son's name, if thou canst not tell? Okay. All right. I'm reading a couple of notes here that I have in my margin. I want to give you these because they're, they're, they are a blessing. Uh, notice, the, notice the progression. Um, first, the world is the greatest witness, right? The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament showeth His handiwork. When, jo when God does begin to show up, and we'll go over here and look at it in a second, and speak to Job, do you know what He speaks to him about all throughout uh, 38? It's all creation. It's all about the world, right? And so what he's asking you about there, who hath ascended up into heaven or descended? Who hath gathered the wind in his fist? Who hath bound the waters in a garment? Who hath established the ends of the earth? He's talking about that witness of the world, right? And then it progresses to the witness of the Son. What is his name? Right? Somebody made this, he's saying. Who, who, made, who did these things? Somebody made this. What's his name? What's his son's name, if thou canst tell? Right? So Christ shows up, and he's, he's a witness, right? And, he, and his witness and his testimony is, my father made all this. <laughs> Amen. Right? He, he was a deist and a creationist. <laughs> right? But he, he becomes the witness, right? But then it progresses further. And I don't, I, don't, I don't mean to put down Christ at all in any way, shape, or form because, because the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, but now, but now, but we have a more sure word of prophecy, Peter says. Peter says, what you got is better than when me and James and John were up on the mount and we saw God and we saw uh, uh, Moses and Elijah and he, you know, what should I do, Lord, make three tabernacles or what, you know, I mean, I just... <laughs> He said, I was good, you know, but I was kind of mess up there, and I kind of wrecked it a little bit. I kind of, you know, I'm not going to tell the whole story again, you know, to make a complete fool of myself, you know, because <laughs> the Lord, you know, you can just kind of tell, the Lord's just like, goodness, 
you know, guys, don't mind him. You know, Moses, this is Peter. Peter, this is Moses. Settle down. Settle down, kid. You know what I mean? (laughs) What is that more sure word of prophecy? It's the word. And so there's this progression here in these couple of verses where you get the witness of the world, the witness of the son, then the witness of the word. And that, of course, that's the final witness. Right? It's the final. that, that, that That is the end. And it is the witness is perfected in the word. And that's not to say that Christ wasn't perfected or perfect, but it is to say that he had a plan to reveal and to, and to give his word, and that's what, exactly what we have, and that's what he did. Does that make sense? Okay, so that's there. It's, it's there. Um, mm, 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 mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. It's okay. You're lucky. I just skipped a lot. <laughs> so you talked a lot. No, I skipped a lot. I skipped a lot of things that I had looked up, and that's, that's okay. We won't, I won't, I'm not going to belabor it tonight. I'm not going to go back uh, at all. Who hath ascended or descended? Okay? Now, up until this point, right? That's what he says, right? Who hath ascended into heaven or descended? Uh, to ascend is to go up in your own power. To descend would mean to go down in your own power. Right? You, don't, you don't need an airplane. You don't need any help. Uh, if I'm going to ascend up somewhere, I don't need a ladder. I don't need a rope. I'm going up, and I'm going up by superpower. <laughs> Whatever, wherever I'm tapping into that energy, that's what I'm doing. That's, that's, that'd, be the, that'd be our understanding of the word. So he says, who's, who's ever gone up to heaven in their own power? Who's ever gone up there? Who's ever come down from heaven by their own power? Now, to this point, to this point, up until this point, the only one who's ever recorded to have ascended or descended is the angel of the Lord. Now, you correct me if I'm wrong, and, uh, but you know, I don't see anybody else coming down or going up. And I'm not going to go back uh, you know, and show you too many of those places, but you, you do see the angel of the Lord coming down. You see him coming down, and you see men speaking with him. And what we're going to get into... And we're not going to have time tonight, but what they keep wanting to know every time they talk to that guy, and I, I say that with all reverence, hey, what's your name? I didn't catch your name. At some point he says, why are you asking after my name, seeing that it's a secret? He literally says that. My name's a secret. What is his name? And what is his son's name, if thou canst tell? It isn't to say that God doesn't reveal anything about his name. He does reveal some things about his name. As a matter of fact, he reveals a number of things about his name. But we don't get that name that we're all familiar with for quite a while down the road, right? We don't get his son's name for many years after this. right? The, 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 the question be, remains to a degree, open-ended right here. I, to my understanding, I don't think, I could be wrong. I don't see it. I don't see that Agur has the answer to it. He says, what is his name? And what is his son's name, if thou canst tell? But something's got him wondering about this name. That name is not unimportant. And I know my crowd here tonight, okay? But the, the knowledge of that name... Yeah, I think it is. 
I think it's the most important thing a human being can know. I don't think there's anything more important that you could possibly know. Peter, Peter you know, heals that guy, right? And, and, and uh, let's go look at it real quick. He says, and, and by his name, through faith in his name. And I'm going to show you a whole bunch of places. And I know you know all these places. You know all these places. But we're going to look at a whole number of places where it's his name. So if you, you could go through this life and you could not find out, you know, about literally anything, literally anything, and you'd be just fine. You could not find out about, you know, math. You could not learn it well. You could not ever learn how to read. You could not ever learn how to tie your shoes, and you would be just fine. If you don't ever figure out this, this guy's name and his son's name, you will burn in hell for all eternity. That ought to send a shudder. It ought to, it ought to cause a, a, you know, a, a, a pause and it ought to cause a thankfulness in your heart and in your mind that you know that name and that you can call out to it anytime. And when you call it out, He knows your name. You guys know each other. Not everybody knows His name. Some call, some call their God by all kind of names. And the, and the thing today, the popular thing today is to make, you know, that, well, it doesn't really matter who it is. I had that conversation with Mark, you know, come, come to him all kind of different ways. Now, I'll grant you, I will grant you, there's a, there's a degree, and I can even kind of wink at a guy when I go through that a little bit, like, sure, okay, uh, God's, God's can, can, you know, kind of bring a guy to a place where he recognizes and acknowledges that there is a God. It's about as far as I can go with you, because... When he gets to the place where Jesus Christ says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He's talking about his name. He says, if you believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. What's, where, where are we going here? It's in Mac, uh, Acts, uh, Matthew. It's in Acts chapter 3. The verse I'm looking for. And we'll close with this. We'll just be done right here because I'd, I'd like to go further. I really would, but I need like 15, 20 minutes to, to go a little bit further with this and we don't have that kind of time. And so no, no problem. Acts chapter 3 and uh, Peter been preaching to him. He's been laying it on him. Um, oh, yeah. You know, he's there in verse 6. He says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give, give I unto thee in the name of... Of who? Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk in his name, right? So he goes on down here and, and um, he's preaching to some other guys and he's, 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 he's laying it on them. Look at verse 14. But ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we, all, we are witnesses and his name and his name through faith in his name, hath made this man strong. You know, his name, through faith in his name, that's how I got saved. Amen. Amen. I, called, I called on Jesus Christ. Right? That's what Paul's always making a big emphasis on the Lord Jesus Christ. We always point out that, that a man's in error when he gets putting the emphasis on the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit this, the Holy Spirit that. That is an error. The Holy Spirit puts the emphasis on Jesus Christ and on His name. When, you, when a man gets full of the Holy Spirit and filled with the fullness of the Spirit of God, he begins to speak about the Lord Jesus Christ. And he begins to use that name. 
And men verily swear by the greater. So you won't ever hear all down on the, on the job site. They won't ever cuss his name. Not ever, not ever, not ever in a million years would they ever cuss his name. Why? Because it doesn't mean anything. Because his name's not important. Amen. That name that's above every name is the name of Jesus Christ. And it's a special name. And it's a profound thing. And it's a very interesting question and a line of questions that's being asked here. You know, as we go down and we, we begin to, to, to ask, you know, who hath ascended and who hath descended? Well, guess what you find? <laughs> the man with that name is the one who ascends and descends. <laughs> that's who does it, right? And who hath gathered the wind in his fist? And you find out. He's the one. The one with that name. Who hath bound the waters in a garment, right? And we'll get into things I don't even fully understand, but, but, but where he says, I'm the one that does that, right? Colossians 3, I'm the one that holds, upholding all things together by the word of his power. Who is it? Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus. You know his name. You can call out to his name tonight. That's a special thing. Don't take it for granted. Don't count it a small thing. You know, well, just Jesus. No, not just Jesus. Not just Jesus. What is his name? And what is his son's name, if thou canst tell? Thou canst tell. Yeah. Amen. Thou canst tell. And so, be, because you've been told, go and tell it this week. Yeah. All right. Father, we come to you in the name, in the name of your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you. Or we'd have never found out your name. We'd have, we'd have never, you'd have never, you'd have... Unless you had come, unless you had, unless you had revealed it to us, Father, we'd have never known your name. And Lord, we'd have never been able to put faith in your name, or we'd have never been able to crawl out, call out your name and cry out your name. And Lord, uh, uh, praise your holy name and bless your holy name and, and thank you, thank you for that, for that holy name. Lord, we don't, we don't have the proper reverence of it. But I pray that you'd give us some degree of it and some degree of understanding of it. And thank you for it. And thank you for him. Thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ, that sweet name. And we love you. We pray these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right.